Okay, welcome to episode 10 of Collective Conversations, where it is my mission to tease out human potential in the multifamily space. I'm your host, Mike Brewer, and I have a very special guest with us today. He dubs himself the most curious person in multifamily, Moshe Crane. Moshe, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. This is an honor, and uh, I'm excited. It's This will be fun. I, I've been a fan of your work. Uh, I know you've only been in the multifamily space three years as of today. Uh, I, I, we learned that during the opening of uh, our dialogue here, but uh, I, uh, I've become a fan of yours uh, because of something that you call agree or disagree. But before we get into that, I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself, how you got into the multifamily space, if you don't mind. Uh, yeah, I, I intentionally got into commercial real estate, um, working for a an owner uh, owned and managed office and warehouse space, um, and it was a long commute. Um, then started working for a vendor, um, and uh, I worked with a lot of multifamily consult uh, clients. And uh, then I wanted to get back into the real estate owner side, and um, an opportunity came up. And I went with it. I thought it was going to be a stepping stone to something else, but it's turned out to be something much more than that. And I am having a blast. I I love that. I, you know, I'm going on. I'll be going into my 30th year at some point in the multifamily space. But I, I think any person that you run into in this space will tell you a part of their origin story is that they fell into the multifamily space and for whatever reason like the hotel california they could never leave after they got here so <laughs> we're glad to have you and we hope you're around for a while well most yeah i really i am deeply deeply interested in it, as I, I think our audience would be how you sort of came to the idea of doing what you call agree or disagree. Uh, what is the the story that led up to that moment in time when you decided to do that and put that content out onto LinkedIn? So uh, I am a various, very curious person, and I think that that's been my biggest strength. So when I came in, and I still think that I'm fresh eyes um, in the industry and, and and questioning why why do we do it this way? Why does that make sense? You know, I just had a, a conversation with our owner the other day trying to understand something where we have you know we have a few properties that are mixed use where there's a retail component. And that's like, why don't we sell the retail component? Like, why do we keep it? Like, that's not our business. Like we leased it up. Now let's sell that. And, and just trying to understand that. And, and, and usually the, the cap rates are, are better on multifamily than they are retail. So we'll get a better price for it if we hold on to it and sell it as part of our, not that we're selling it right now, but um, you know, wanting to understand things. So I ask questions and um and I learn from others. Like I, I am fresh, and I, there's a lot that I don't know. Um, so I become active on LinkedIn, and and it's been about trying to learn from others and connect to others. And so I'll, I'll form an opinion about something, and I could be wrong about it, and others can convince me of something else. But I I enjoy the feedback, and um, it also challenges me because I do it consistently every Friday. To uh, you know collect my thoughts and think about things and, and formalize them. So it's been fun. Um, it, doing it every Friday forces me to be consistent about it and to keep it on my mind. And I've had some really, you know, some posts are better than others. And I've learned uh, a lot of interesting things and connected with a lot of people. So it's been fun for me. 
I, I, I really enjoy it myself. So I, I have one for you. Agree or disagree, LinkedIn is the best multifamily networking tool on the planet. Um, I don't know if I agree. Um, I know <laughs> I, I, I don't use Facebook as a as a consumer. Um, uh -huh. I use it for marketing and for advertising. I know yeah. there's there's a lot of people on Facebook um, and there's a big group. I think it's called multifamily space. So it, it could be that there's actually a lot more people on Facebook and, and you could use that. I'm just not using it. So I, I, I wouldn't say a flat out agree, but I would say if a person wants to use it for, I, I, I think that it, I'm seeing a lot more people use it in our space. Um, and, and I think that it would be my choice. I don't know if it's the best choice though. Got it. Excellent. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. And I, I think Brent Williams from Multifamily Insiders actually created Multifamily. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, Brent's just an amazing guy. He's been around, been doing that particular kind of social networking for a long, long time. That's a, it's a great space. Um, I, I uh, so I have to bring up, I think what is my favorite episode so far. And I, it, it's my favorite for two reasons. One is that you, you filmed it in the rain, <laughs> you had a rain jacket on. And I think it was the company you worked for was the logo on your chest. Uh, but you filmed it in the rain. So I love the variety, right? So you're, you're typically outside, but I think you've seen some inside episodes. Um, but you were talking about a book and a particular point in the book, the book, No Rules Rules. It's, it's about Netflix. I think it was written by the owner and uh, the, not the owner, but the founder of, of Netflix and, and his HR director. And they were going through the concept of family versus team. And I'd love to hear your thought. I know you posted the question to the to the community, but I'd love to hear your thoughts as it relates to family or team. Maybe unpack that for us and then tell us your opinion. Uh, yeah, so, so typically I, I, I film it literally walking from my car into the office. Um, and and as I'm walking, I'm, I, I type out the post. And usually by the time I, I get into the office, I've 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 posted it. Um, sometimes it works out otherwise. But uh, yeah, um, so I, I deal with the elements um, regarding the book. So I there's a concept. I think it's called the entrepreneurial operating system EOS um, that talks about six points. But we'll talk about three right now is your first thing is your um, vision. You have to have a vision. And the second, you have to have the people to carry out that vision. And then you have the data for measuring. So I think that, you know, with your family, like you could have family goals and you could have family, you know, but you have to work with what you have. There's no firing people. There's no like, oh, you know, this family member is, you know, they don't fit in our vision. They're out. It, you know, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, most of the time, at least <laughs> um, it shouldn't work that way. Uh, but with 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 a team and with a business and and this is you know a business, it's important that that you have that vision. You are selecting the team members that you have. They're not typically not born into the team, um, whereas a family they're they're born into it. So that vision it's so critical that that vision is shared by everybody. In the book, they talk a lot about transparency. And there were many times like when they went public talking about not being as transparent because they could get people into trouble in terms of insider trading. And, and they said, no, like this is the way we operate. And 
everybody has to be aware of the risks and you might go to jail if you share something you're not supposed to, but we operate, that's a value that we have and, and being transparent. So I, I think that it's so valuable for there to be a clear vision when you're making decisions. You know, if you make a decision, if the vision is clear and then there could be a disagreement how to get there, but at least you know why the decision is made and, and, and where you're trying to go. But if you're, the whole thing is like the vision is not clear, then people don't understand why decisions are made or why things happened. And that I think creates a lot of confusion and, and uncertainty and, and, and people don't work well with that. Um, but when you, you have that, so you have that vision and then having the right people for executing that vision and then having the data to, to measure it. So let's make it very practical for multifamily. You have a property, you buy, you have a, a business plan. You know, you do your underwriting. We want to grow the revenue. We want to grow the NOI 3% every year at least. And then we want to, you know, we'll hold it for 10 years. We'll refinance after three and we'll, we'll sell it at 10. So you, when you do your underwriting, it, it's math. You have numbers. Does this work? Does this not work? And right. so that's your vision. That's what you're trying to get as a minimum. If you're just changing your rents at random, like, oh, you know, maybe today we could get higher, maybe no, but you're not measuring it back to that original vision. Like then it's, it, then there's, you know, you're going to have conflict. You're going to have people think like, well, no, that's too high or no, that's too low. We could do better. So I, I think that it's so critical in our industry that you have that clear vision of the game plan. What are we trying to do here? What's our plan to execute that? You know, having the right people to execute that. So you could have a property where you have a manager who's executing the, the numbers goal, but they're not really doing well with everybody else and you have a lot of turnover. And so that should be part of your, your, your bigger vision. So, you know, what kind of, you know, yeah, so that, 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 that could create problems and, and you could have a, you know, a leasing specialist who's superstar, but they're not being careful of who they put into the community. Um, they're overlooking and the, you're going to have a lot of fraud. So if you just, you, you have to have, you, you know, the right data to measure, are we doing a good job? Are, is our bad debt getting smaller? Is our revenue getting higher? Are we having retention? Are we... Uh, the number of days vacant that a unit sits is that getting smaller because that's money like we might get higher rents but we're actually losing money because it's taking so long to rent it so i think having that clear strategy of vision you have your people and then you have your data for measuring is this working yeah that's it, it's that's very well said and it's it's not as if you can sacrifice one for another or you can get any one of those three things out of balance and i know there were three other things that they talked about in the book but it's it's incumbent upon everybody to have that that clarity of vision and then and then having those right people, but also putting those people in the right seats on the bus. That's a, a Jim Collins reference, but it's, you know, you can have superstars in every position doing the work, but sometimes those superstars aren't best suited for the particular job or responsibility that you've given them. And and that really plays out in the way of the data. But those three things are super, super important. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, I, I want to shift gears a little bit, staying in the, the agree or disagree lane, though. Are there, my imagination tells me, just on the on the premise that you are the most curious person in multifamily, um, out of the episodes that you've done, is there any one or more than one that have stood out um, in terms of, call it lessons, or maybe where you have shifted, maybe you walked into the agree or disagree with the, your your mindset on one side, you came out on the other end 
thinking just the opposite and then how you made application of that particular lesson so i don't think that i the things that i post are so we'll say controversial um it's just stating what either people are thinking or not thinking sure. um, there were a few and i think that you actually contributed and, and have a, an interesting perspective on commissions i think i don't know if it was an agree or disagree if it was just a different it was a post that i had but about you know what commissions should be and i believe your your belief is that there should be no commissions and that i think that's interesting so it wasn't uh, I, I understand and and again you could have the same vision and then there's just two different tracks for getting there so um you know, you talk about teasing out the, the the potential in people. So I get that, and and that's just a different track. So it's not something that was like earth shattering for me or or different. Um, there was one where I got a lot of. Oh, there's two. One I posted about in person tours. So what I love about my position is I don't spend all day every day in the corporate office. I spend a good part of my time on site as well. And there are times like if I'm on site, we're short staffed, the phone rings, I'm answering the phone. Or we took over a property and I'm there for a week or two during the transition. Um, I'm helping out with leasing. So we bought a property in December 2020. And the previous owner had the offices closed. Every tour was self-guided. And so we had people who were coming. We opened up the doors, you know, we doing everything safe and not forcing somebody to do that as long as they're comfortable and everybody's doing the right thing sure but there were so many people who would come and they were surprised like oh you're doing it in person like i don't have to do this myself and and how much they appreciated it so i am a big believer that i call it the three b's with my team the first b is it's a huge it's a big decision that the prospect a prospective resident is making the biggest impact is the leasing specialist and three like the better the leasing specialist gets, the bigger their commissions are going to be. So we talk about the three Bs, and so I'm I'm all for that. Now, a pet peeve of mine is when we take a headline of something or we take a concept and, and then we just assume that applies everywhere. So yes, we're living in a world where people like convenience, they like speed, they buy things on Amazon, they return it without talking to any person. But I don't think, so yes, that is a part of the way the world is and that the way world is going but i don't think that that means everything is like that that's right that's right deciding where to live is a big decision and there could be you you could take data and, and make it say whatever you want it to say true statement so i i so i posted about this thinking that i i, I think that there's so much more value and it's more beneficial to do in-person tours than to do these virtual tours it might be convenient for people they might ask for it or say that they want it but in terms of you're, if you're you're doing the virtual part, you're you're really taking out. Now there are ways where it's a live call and people are out of town, or maybe student housing. I'm saying from my perspective, where all of our properties right now are in Maryland, they're not you know the market, they're not affordable, and we don't you know we do have occasion where we do have people who are coming from out of town, but most of it is not. So, from my experience, like that that. The biggest impact is the leasing specialist. So why would you take that out? And it's interesting. So th there was a lot of people who had the other side and were pushing and showing data. And and <clears throat> a lot of them were people who have a dog in the race, where they're vendors or they're people who have a product that is the virtual leasing world. I anytime I've demoed one of these self-guided or virtual, uh, typically the self-guided, I, I ask them, like, why do you have salespeople? Why don't you just 
give me a self-guided demo and you know drink your own kool-aid if that's what that's the way of the world so i'm not against them and there is a need and there's a place for them and having that as an option but i don't think that that should be the first option and i don't obviously you shouldn't refuse it to a resident um if that's you know what they need or they want but i believe that the, the biggest impact is to do it in person uh, the second one where I got a lot of like the first time I really got people seem to be really upset um, mm-hmm. is I start, I posted recently a new thing that I do when I interview somebody uh, for leasing is I'll give them an assignment. Now, it's not mandatory. I tell them that it's optional. It's voluntary. Um, but to at the end of the call, at, at the end of the, the interview that later they should call a, a, a community and to quote unquote shop them and then send me an email with their impression of that leasing agent on the phone. And so there were some people who were like really upset that, you know, you're asking them to do work for you. I'm not asking them to shop my comps. I'm not asking, I'm not looking for the information that they're giving. I want to see, you know, how well they follow instructions. How do they present themselves in an email? Because a leasing specialist is going to be professionally representing our company or the community when they're dealing with prospects. Um, so to see how, how they respond to that, to see if they ask questions, you know, that they want more clarity on it, or they just kind of take what they, you know, you said, so it, it, it's, it's part of my process. And there was a lot of, a handful of people who were like really upset about this idea. Um, and so I was, I was surprised by it. Um, but you know, everybody's entitled to their own position and their opinion. And, um, that was what the one that I was the most surprised that some people were so against that. Yeah, that that that's actually super interesting to me um, in that, or at, le- at least in my head, just one guy's opinion, you're you're asking somebody to do something like that in, in my head. Um, if they're taking this opportunity seriously, they're 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 getting an opportunity to show you uh, to show your organization that they're willing to go the extra mile, especially if they do that assignment very well, right? And so it it gives you not only a window into the way that they think or the way that they might represent your company, but in a, in my head, in a little deeper sense, they're giving you a window into their character, right? And how they're actually going to to take an assignment and put some level of seriousness to it and actually follow through, right? You see a lot of things in that assignment, follow through, uh, ambition, desire, uh, quality of effort. You're going to see a lot of things that I think you don't necessarily learn in an interview, right? (laughs) I mean, some of the feedback was, was that, you know, from the interview, you should be able to figure out everything that you need to. Uh, Maybe I'm not a a great interviewer or, or, you know, but I, 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 something that's interesting about our industry is, you know, somebody comes in typically leasing, they become an assistant manager, they become a property manager, you know, where was their leadership training? Where was, where were they trained to, how to interview? So everything they're doing is, is, is ad hoc or they made it up or, right. or they went out and, and, and tried to develop that skill itself. So anybody who is in a an operational position didn't have that training. So I, I don't think that people in this industry are, it, 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 it it's throwing spaghetti against the wall. So I, I don't think everybody's an expert at, at interviewing and we have a reputation for having a pretty high turnover rate. And I think that part That's of right. that has to 
do with the interview and, and onboarding process and developing process, you know, the leadership part. So again, yeah, maybe I'm I'm just not good at interviewing people and reading people, but to me, this has been a, a very insightful way to, there's been a big focus for me of, of, you know, when I came, we've had turnover and right. really rethinking of, we're not just trying to find somebody to fit this position today. We, we got to be thinking bigger and that's right. from a different book, um, radical candor, you know, you have rock stars and superstars. So, um, it, it really got me thinking about that and somebody, you know, somebody could be a great fit now, but if they're going to leave in, in six months, that that's not a good overall vision strategy, right? You're talking about the right people for your vision. You want people who are going to stay and you could develop them like a, you know, a, a baseball team. Um, and then, and, and we've seen so much growth in our company as we grow, but the ability, you know, someone's uh, a leasing specialist here, they can become an assistant manager at a different property. An assistant manager at one property can become the property manager at another property. We just promoted someone who was an assistant manager, became the property manager. Now they're the general manager. So they're, they're acting regional for their property and another property. It, it you know, it, um, it, it's interesting the the whole so <laughs> I have a million thoughts flying through my head. Most of it is centered around the the challenging nature of hiring, but even sourcing people today, right? And hiring people, and then hiring the right people. So f sort of following that logic, it's it, it's hard to source people today, or at least our experience in several of our markets has been very difficult, very challenging, especially on the service side of the business. But one of the things that we've adopted as of late for whatever this is worth to you is uh, we've married together some behavioral interviewing techniques in addition to motivational uh, interviewing techniques and motivation born out of um, the uh, services industry in that like uh, if you if a if a homeless person wanted to go into a homeless shelter, they are interviewed in a motivational way to make sure that they're really motivated to and intentional about making changes in their life. And there are principles about that technique that apply to our space. And I think we're in the very early innings, so I can't give you any data as to whether or not we've been successful um, in, in terms of the people that we've we've hired under that premise, but it might be something worth reading about there's a book called motivational interviewing and I'll send you the title uh, and the and the author um, but there's some interesting principles in there yeah it, it's good stuff well I, I have a question for you because you're you're in in my head you're in the early innings of your multifamily career let's say you're past your rookie stage or your sophomore season or whatever you want to call it um, but you you seem like an incredible and I I don't know you aside from you know, enter engaging with your content online in this little bit of conversation that we've had here today. You strike me as a, um, a person who is full of desire and uh, you have an underpinning motivation to do well in your life. Uh, I imagine both personally and professionally. And so I'm I'm interested in what drives you at your core and then how you see that playing out over the next 5, 10, 15 years of, of your life if you're sort of painting on this blank canvas of of your of your life going forward. Um uh, it's interesting that that's your 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 take on it, but I I'm at my best when I'm growing and learning. Um you talk about, you know, eking out the potential. And so 
I think that anybody feels satisfied when they are, you know, they didn't think they could do something and now they're doing it or when they develop something that wasn't there beforehand. It's that, you know, to use an exercise analogy, you know, when your muscles are sore, it's it's a pain, but it, it's exciting that you know that you did something right or, or it could be that you did something wrong, but hopefully it's, you did something right. <laughs> So that 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 gives me energy and to share that and to have people desire to grow and get better and to eke out their potential, that gives me a lot of energy and that's exciting for me. And so I, I, I claim to myself as being the most curious person in multifamily. Maybe I'm not. I would love for somebody to challenge that. But until then, I'm going to continue to be very curious. And, and, and people are, are the biggest part of our business. You could say that in a lot of industries, but it's, and it could be true in a lot of industries and, and maybe it is, but I'm, we're only talking about multifamily and it's, you right. know, I think Avalon has a community that they, that there's like no people and everything's automated yeah. and there could be a space for that. But by and large communities are not going to be that people want to move to a community they're going to enjoy. And most people are not going to enjoy a place that's, you know, sterile and there's no contact and no people and no faces and there's no human contact. Um, so people in, on their operational side, their, their potential, there's just so much that a person could do. I, I, it's such a fantastic industry. I mean, you could come out of it out of college, you could start in college leasing, you know, you do that for two years, you become a leasing manager, assistant manager, you know, you could be under 30 and become a property manager making a, a, a decent salary and if you work for the right company you're going to get a rent discount um and if you have you know between you and your spouse you could be making well over a hundred thousand and and having a discount on your rent and 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 have a huge bright future ahead of you so i'm very right. passionate about our industry and the people in it something that i've a change that i've made is oh sorry so about being curious so i think the future is figuring out how to take ordinary people and make them extraordinary so I actually worked on this project um, where I, I hired a sales coach, a coach that I worked with back when I was leasing office space. And together we created a unique curriculum for leasing training, sales training. And the idea was that if, if I have the right training, the right system, the right process, I could hire anybody ordinary and I can make them extraordinary. And this was part of the whole process of having people stick around longer and not just hiring somebody who's going to be a good fit today, but a good fit for the long term. So if I could hire somebody who has less experience, they have less. It's not that I want to pay people less, but there's more of a runway for that person to grow within a leasing position, meaning a person who's been in leasing for three to four years and they come in and their asking price is at the top of what we're of our range, you know, after a year, they want to make more than that, or they want to be promoted to an assistant manager and, and it might not work for the, the budget wise, or, you know, we might not make it work. And if somebody doesn't feel like they're growing and feeling appreciated and that there's this runway for them to make more money and to grow, they're going to look to go somewhere else. They're not going to be satisfied. Now, if you have someone who's coming in and they can, there's a bigger runway of, of giving them an increase. That's going to give them more time within their position. They're not looking for the next position to make more money as, as quickly. You can get more out of that person, right? They're going to be more satisfied. There's more room for them to grow and to make more money and to develop. And there's more time for that to happen. So it's it's a real win-win. So I was curious to figure this out, 
hired this coach. We created this training. I, I just started working on it with my team. Um, so we had a big event and we rolled it out and now we have weekly calls. And so each week we, we touch it. Um, because you don't get in good shape by exercising once you don't get great at something <laughs> by, by learning it once. And, right. um, and, and, and now we're creating, uh, you know, the data to check, to see how, like the whole premise is continuous improvement into getting better and to bring out that potential. And so there was zero pushback. Um, they're, they're, they're excited to, to focus on, on getting better. And so I've been doing these one-on-ones once a month with everybody and I have them assess the, themselves and what do they want to work on and what's different. And, and, and it's in a survey form. So they'll assess, you know, one through 10, their attitude, their motivation, and then certain skills. And it's fascinating to say like, oh, you know, this month you gave yourself a nine and attitude last month was, was a six. What's different? Or, yeah. or, you know, now's a 10 and before, you know, whatever the changes and, and, and it causes them to reflect and to think and some really amazing things have come out from those conversations and, and it, the best, it gives me energy. Like when people, you know, to give them advice or to help them discover something that, that helps them get better to grow and they come back and tell me like, you know, thank you so much for this. Or, or, you know, uh, there was a, a property that sent a, a, an email yesterday saying, you know, when they came three months ago and where we were with the occupancy and where we are now and how excited they are. And that just those, I try to facilitate that, but when it's coming from them on their own, like that just, it fills me with energy, drives me to, to do more. So I hope that right. answers your question. It it does. I I mean it it's uh it just further in my head it's it's further testimony to your your and again I, I don't know you all that well, but it's your deep and enduring passion for for what you do. I, I imagine that was born out of something in your the way you were raised or the people that you've uh, been fortunate to be surrounded with over your lifetime, but it's uh it's unspoken, but it's it's uh deeply inspiring, I would say that to you. I, and I mean that. Um so uh, I think we're probably running up against our our time here. Uh, I want to give you the opportunity because I think it uh, it's important for our audience. Uh, we're both podcast and and video, uh, but help people know where they can find you. When we put this out into the world, I want them to be able to to find you online, uh, certainly on LinkedIn, but any other place they might find you, uh, direct emails, etc. Uh, but please feel free to share. I'd appreciate it. Uh, yeah, um, LinkedIn is the best place to find me. Um, if you want to email me, my my email is my first initial M, last name Crane, C-R-A-N-E, at sageventures.com. Um, LinkedIn is probably a better place, but but uh, you could I, I there's not enough time to talk. I hate email, but you could. I'm I'm happy for people to to introduce themselves. Just write Mike Brewer in the subject, and I know not to miss that one. <laughs> um, but can I ask you a quick question before we go? Is I find that what part of what I love about this space is that there's not a lot of people who are vocal about making change or what's happening. And you've been doing this for a very long time. So where did that come from? Where, you know, whether it's a YouTube video or a podcast to voice uh, opinions about things, where did that come from? Yeah. I, what is I, your goal for that? I'll tell you, it, it started, um, <laughs> The, the Reader's Digest version of the story is back in 2005, 2006, uh, there were there were a group of multifamily types. Mike Wheeling was one, Eric Brown, Mark Jolene, my, uh, Brent Williams was another one, and Lisa Trezine, a couple of other just industry stalwarts, in my opinion, uh, who started engaging online and, on Twitter. 
and voicing opinions back and forth. And we would Twitter, we would literally tweet each other all the way, you know, sometimes past midnight, one, two o'clock in the morning, just bantering about about the multifamily space and, and other things. And and I was really inspired by that and and thought I would try my hand at blogging. So I started blogging and, and wrote some 2000 articles plus minus. I, I made a, a goal to blog every single day and I'm a terrible writer. I, I misspell words, I terrible grammar. But in my head, I didn't really care. It was just a, it was to your point about building muscle. It was a rep to get better at writing, to get better at articulating my thoughts and putting it out into the world and just seeing what people thought about it. And then that segued into to video in around 2015 plus minus after I'd written a lot uh, for the simple reason that I am the, I'm literally one of the shyest people that you will ever meet. If he's, if you've met me in a, a crowd of people, you, you probably wouldn't get two words out of me. I'm very introverted uh and shy by nature and but i i saw video becoming a thing and and i thought to myself i better i better get good at this because it's going to be something that is an avenue or a media that people will pay attention to or that will engage with and so i started shooting videos simply to get over my fear of doing video (laughs) in, in putting myself out there with a face uh, to, because before it was just it was just words right and you saw like a still avatar of me but that's how it came to be and and i thought in my head i had a lot to say uh, about the industry and probably much like where you are now i had some pretty strong opinions about the space in general uh and and i'd like to believe in my heart of hearts that through those conversations with other people and thoughts that i put out into the world that we've shaped the industry in some way shape or form not directly but potentially indirectly and and uh I'm inspired by that. I, I'm not a guy that wants attention because I am shy, but, but in the same respect, I do want to be part of the conversation because I, I love our business. To your point about people, I love people. I want to see the best come out in people. And I, I want to believe in my heart of hearts that I can in some way, shape or form influence or, or motivate or, or direct people in a way that would save them a ton of time in making mistakes that that I made or others made along the way. So. I, it's super interesting that you that you describe yourself as an introvert because I would never have guessed from your content. Um, but I, I I love the idea, the exercise of you know formulating your thoughts. Um, I don't do it daily, um, but maybe I'm going to push myself to try to do that. But I keep a little notebook with me and write down my thoughts. Sometimes it's in my phone, but but even if it's not like a full idea, just something and 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 that you'll re- you go back to it. Um, just because going through that exercise of formulating an opinion and a thought and about something instead of just doing something without thinking is 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 very powerful. So that, that's inspiring. I like that. Yeah, it's incredible. And I, I guess one other thing that came to mind as you were saying that in, in this, this is just a word of advice for whatever it's worth. It's, uh, I was once asked, uh, you know, you don't, if you were to look at the engagement online, like how many people view or how many people like or so on and so forth, uh, it, you know, it doesn't it doesn't seem like a lot or it doesn't seem like anything's happening in. And it was interesting. One time there was a stretch of like 20 days that I had gone without posting something online. And I kid you not, I was super shocked and amazed by the number of people that reached out like by email or direct message that were like, hey, where are you? Are you OK? Are you? <laughs> like, right. And it. And it just struck me that just because you don't see it in the stats, right? 
doesn't mean you aren't reaching someone, right? Yeah. So on those days, and you're going to put a post out every now and then that gets nothing, right? Or it gets a little bit. You're going to think, oh, and you you might think it's the best post you ever wrote or, or recorded, right? And you're going to get tons from this. You probably did, but no one said anything, right? But you caused a lot of thought to happen up here. So I I That's just, fun. I encourage you. It's awesome. Thank you. Yep. All right, sir. Any final words before we wrap it up? This has been fantastic. Uh, no. Uh, actually, can I ask you for a book recommendation? Yeah. I. Uh, wow. <laughs> Here, here's a book that I'm reading right now. Soft Edge. Yeah, Soft Edge. Uh, it's by Rich. Rich Carl Gard. I, I'm probably only halfway through the book, but I would recommend it. It's really the soft side of business, basically. And people um i'm a huge tom peters fan and and i was uh, reading some tom peters uh i was actually reading his book this one uh and he makes reference to that book out of this book so that's, that's how i got to it. okay but i both of those books are the tom peters book is amazing i i've already read that but the the other one is uh halfway through is i would call it a a recommend okay i'll check it out all right, excellent. Most it's been fantastic. I appreciate you. I uh, I look forward to the next episode of Agree or Disagree, and uh, time permitting, I will chime in. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Bye for now.